Hi, good afternoon, everybody. It's Dan. Thank you so much for joining me uh, for another musical afternoon this Thursday. I've really enjoyed doing this, and I appreciate uh, you all logging on and being a part of the experience. Uh, I've just been sort of going through all my favorite hymns, and I have a long list of favorite hymns, so I think we've got plenty of stuff to do. Uh, so uh, I'll keep playing and uh, keep talking as long as, uh, as long as you are willing to be a part of that adventure with me. So thank you so much for that. Uh, I think we're in the fourth week or the fifth week of this pandemic. And if it hasn't already, I would imagine that the weariness is really going to set in if it hasn't already. I know that in my life, one of the things that makes this so hard is that I don't know when the end is. And I am a person, maybe you're like this, I am a person that is used to having deadlines in their life. Uh, as a musician, I'm used to preparing for a worship service or preparing for a concert or preparing for a performance. And the cycle of getting ready for a performance and then getting ready for another performance makes up the bulk of my professional life. I like having deadlines. I like knowing when things are going to happen. And maybe, I don't know, but maybe uh, this whole experience that we're living through would be a little bit easier if we all knew on this day or on this week we'd be able to resume normal life again. But of course, we don't have that. And it contributes to a certain degree of aimlessness in my life um, because I, I don't know how long we're going to be doing this. And it's hard on your psyche when you don't know how long you're going to be living through this space. I think it's tempting. I know I've felt this way from time to time. I think it's tempting to want to just press pause on life while we're all in this period of quarantine. It's tempting to just sort of say, okay, well, you know, I'm not really having any experience right now. I can't do anything. I'm stuck at home. Normally, I would go hug my grandkids, or normally, I would go hang out with my friends, or normally, I would do this or that. I can't do any of those things. So I'm going to press pause on life, hunker down, wait it out, and then someday in the future, I'll be able to press play again, and life can resume. I think it's tempting to think like that. I have felt that way from time to time. However, I don't think that's how God wants us to handle it. I think what God wants us to do is to take every day as a gift. Even a day in isolation. Even a day when our lives are more defined by what we can't do rather than what we can do. I believe that God wants us to treat every day as a gift and to use it as an opportunity to glorify him and to give him praise and to try and make the better world a better place in any way that we possibly can. So all of that got me thinking about the hymn Blessed Assurance. And Blessed Assurance is a very well-known hymn. It's one that many Christians can sing from memory. It's one of the most beloved hymns and has one of the most unique stories for how the hymn came together. In our Protestant hymn tradition, most hymns, when we say who writes a hymn, or we call somebody a hymn writer, what we're talking about is the text. And in the early days of Protestant hymnody, what a composer would do, or what a, what a hymn writer would do, is they would write their hymn to a particular uh, rhyme scheme. But they wouldn't have any uh, opinions about what that hymn would be sung to, what music that hymn would be set to. They didn't write it with any music in mind. They just wrote the hymn. 
The idea was that hymns are supposed to be a flexible art form so that music directors uh, would be able to take the words to a hymn and would be able to pair it with a tune that their congregation knew or that their congregation found special or something that was meaningful to their people. And they could draw that music from all kinds of sources. They could take from classical music or they could draw from folk music or they could draw from the popular music tradition. Anywhere that they could find music, they could draw those tunes, use the hymn text that had been written, and then everyone would be able to participate, no matter how well you knew how to read music or any of those types of things. Everyone could participate. That was kind of the idea behind it. So most hymns started with the text. And in many cases, the text and the music that we now associate it with could have been written hundreds of years apart from one another. Most of those associations that we have today are based on convention and not because of the intention of any of the composers. But Blessed Assurance is different. In fact, it's probably the best example because not only were the words and the music written more or less hand in hand, but the music actually came first, which is unusual. And the way the story goes is that a composer by the name of Phoebe Knapp was spending time with the famous hymn writer Fanny Crosby. And Phoebe Knapp sat down at a piano and played this tune for Fanny Crosby. And said to Fanny Crosby, what does this make you think of? And Fanny Crosby, according to the story, without hesitation said... Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And the rest is history. The two of them wrote the hymn together. Now, what does that mean and why is that significant? Well, it's significant because there is an extra layer of connectivity between the words and the music that many of our other hymns don't have. The high points of the music marry perfectly with the high points of the text. I cannot imagine singing, this is my story, this is my song. I can't imagine singing that to any other tune. But because they were written together, there is just this extra layer of artistry, and there's just this extra layer of, of spiritual heft that this hymn just seems to have because of the intentionality of the music and the words working together uh, so perfectly. That's the story of Blessed Assurance, and I think that's one of the reasons why Blessed Assurance is so beloved and has become so indelible in our Protestant hymn tradition, and why so many people find spiritual comfort uh, from singing this hymn. There's one other detail that I find interesting about this hymn, and that's in the second stanza that says, um, perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst from my sight. And if you know Fanny Crosby, you understand the irony of that statement because Fanny Crosby was blind. And what we know about Fanny Crosby uh, is that uh, she was a blind woman, but that blindness was by no means a defining characteristic of who she was. And it did not limit her ability to do many wonderful things and to compose many wonderful pieces of music and to have made such an important difference, not just in the Christian tradition, but in the, in the whole secular world tradition of America in the 19th century. One of the 
passages that I've been sort of drawn to these days is uh, the very end of uh, the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, when Paul is expressing gratitude to the Philippians for them praying for him. And Paul says, thank you very much for doing, I'm paraphrasing, of course, he says, thank you very much for doing that, but I have everything that I need. I know what it's like to live with a lot, and I know what it's like to live with a little, but I'm content with whatever I have. And then he closes with that very famous verse, the 13th verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If we allow our happiness to be based on the things of this world, we will never be satisfied. Because the things of this world are not long-lasting. If we allow ourselves to have moods that are based on what we have and what we don't have, we will always be disappointed. But as Paul says, if we allow our strength to come from Jesus Christ, and if we put our happiness and we put our self-worth and we put our purpose into Jesus Christ, then we will be content because Jesus isn't going anywhere. He is always with us. He does not ebb and flow with the days. He's not here one day and then far the next. He's always with us. And when we put our faith and our hope and our trust in him, we find contentment that the things of this world will not provide. That's the secret. When Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, I can proceed with confidence because my strength and my hope isn't bound of the things of this world. It's bound in Jesus, something better, something stronger, something more faithful. That's a message I know I certainly need to hear. I probably need to hear that daily just to remind myself that this current situation that we are living in, as terrible as it is and as hard as it is, it is not bigger than Jesus Christ. And my faith and my hope and my purpose my sense of self-worth, all of those things I'm going to pour into Jesus because that's where my satisfaction and that's where my contentment is going to come from. So we're going to sing the hymn, Blessed Assurance. We're going to do all three stanzas. A lot of you could sing this with your eyes closed. Um, and I encourage you to sing boisterously from your homes and to lift up your spirits to God. This is a message I definitely need to hear this week. And maybe it's a message you need to hear too. This is Blessed Assurance. Submission, perfect delight. 
Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful day and be well. We'll see you next week.